Nikhil Kumar twists his body slightly and hits a wide-angle shot across the table, surprising the right-handed opponent. A quick fist pump and the round continues. The crowd is on the edges of their seat, watching a young, prodigious American tennis player battling against the top table tennis players in the US. The rallies are engrossing. Rackets snap with every swing of an arm, shouts are exchanged, and the audience's knuckles turn white and red as the finger grip the chair handles. A droplet of sweat scampers down Nikhil's forehead. This is Olympian Nikhil Kumar, who, as a young Californian Indian American, started playing table tennis at the age of six. Nikhil Kumar's career started when he was six and when he played at an ICC summer camp in California. I've always lived in the Bay Area, California. Um, and table tennis is actually a pretty big thing, I think, or pretty popular with the, having around nowadays probably six or seven clubs in the Bay Area. So I started at one center um, in Milpitas called India Community Center, which at that time was very strong for table tennis. A lot of upcoming players. I started there when I was about five and a half years old, six years old. Um, just kind of just hitting the ball and things like that. My parents just put me in it as like kind of just a sport to see whether I like it or not. I was doing that along with a couple other sports like swimming and soccer. Um, and then from then, I think around that age, I was just doing summer camps during the summer. And I think the coaches at the club wanted me to kind of continue playing. They believed I had some potential in, uh, in the sport. And my parents also who never played table tennis before or anything. They weren't so sure about it. So I didn't really, uh, so we didn't really say yes initially. And this was not only because his friends or family were unfamiliar with table tennis, but it was also because table tennis was not a mainstream sport in the USA. However, with the support of his family and friends, Nikhil was able to go to the club every day and work on his craft. By age eight, Nikhil Kumar was playing games domestically every single month. So I think around seven or eight years old was when my parents said, okay, fine, let's try this out. And this was the beginning of Nikhil Kumar's journey. He would later start sacrificing his time, his schoolwork, and everything for table tennis. I got more and got busier, started training a lot more. I got to the point where it was about almost 20, 25 hours a week I was practicing table tennis. Um, all other sports pretty much faded away. Nikhil was almost unbeatable. By age 11 and 12, he played his first international game at Sweden, where he dominated. In middle school and elementary school, he would be playing against high schoolers and the top players in the US. When I asked him about his perspective about playing high schoolers or adults much older than him, Nikhil said this. It's helped me, I think, in my younger, in my younger years. I think it helped me, I think, mature faster and also um, understand, like, the importance and like or the seriousness of my competitions as I got older also. Um, and also I think it helped with having players older than me. I was able to have more guidance um, through them and learn a lot more from their experiences. When I was interviewing Nikhil Kumar, I always thought to myself that because his friends and family constantly saw him as a child with incredible potential, did that ever put much stress on him? In my opinion, I would feel like if a lot of people were expecting a lot from me and were raising the bar continuously, I would be under an enormous amount of stress. But Nikhil Kumar thinks differently. Actually, I think that's part one of the things that helped me, I think, play better and 
play and excel in the sport was that I think I just had people supporting me on my journey regardless of like how I did and I think instead of putting so much pressure on me they were just behind me of whatever I accomplished that they were happy with so I think that definitely helped me want to do more and accomplish for myself um but I don't feel like any coaches or any of my family or anyone put any specific pressure on me like to be able to have to do well However, like many other high-achieving athletes, Nikhil Kumar was not without injuries that plagued his career. I always had a bunch of injuries and things when I was younger. I did have a major growth spurt. Probably around 11 to 13 ages, I was growing pretty fast. So I did end up having a lot of knee and ankle issues, um, which I still do end up having now. It's not as bad nowadays, but it was much worse when I was younger. After interviewing multiple Olympians, I can now see how important discipline and dedication is in these athletes. In many cases, they sacrifice school, their social time, their social life, and their friends, all to focus on working and perfecting their craft. My previous interviewee, who I who also was an Olympian, was Laura Zhong. And Laura Zhong, like Nikhil Kumar, spent much of her time traveling, going around, playing games, you know, but for her it was rhythmic gymnastics. But the fact that they are able to sacrifice everything and yet still balance, get perfect grades, get really good, you know, time at school, but also really good time and practices is astonishing. It is like superhumans where they are able to perfect everything they touch. Happy, how would you do that? Yeah, definitely. I think the thing for me that I saw throughout high school was kind of just like making like time management, do, like mastering that kind of skill. Um, even from the beginning, from freshman year of high school, I had lots of the right people to help guide me throughout that. And that's also important. I think the supporting cast around you is like probably the most important. And I think just having the right skills for time management and preparing well ahead of time, even regardless if it's a couple months or a couple weeks or however, but just preparing ahead of time of how you're planning out to do things when it comes to school and then how you're planning out to do extracurricular sports or activities or whatever. I think time management is probably the most important thing and communication for sure. I mean, I definitely had to speak with my teachers throughout the school year about, okay, this is my plan for this, for competitions, if I want to travel here, here, what is the schedule for like school work and how that, how is that going to work? And then sometimes I would take exams like ahead of time or I'd take tests like when I get back or things like that. So it was all thing about communication and time management for me. And many people like listening to, you know, their stories because it's empowering to us. We are able to hear people who are so dedicated and so hardworking that it motivates us to do something similar. And yes, his schedule is definitely packed. Well, currently, it's a little different now given that I'm, I am in college. So, I mean, when I was playing, I think, more consistently throughout the year, um, I didn't have any specific diet or anything. I just tried to eat healthier, not have too much junk food and sweets and snacks and things like that all throughout the day. Um, but during training and also, I think, I, I just try to, I think it depends on the person, honestly, because... Everyone feels comfortable, like, at a different kind of, I guess, shape of their body, you know. And it's whatever you feel most comfortable in and you feel that you're in your best shape to be able to, uh, for us, table tennis especially, to be able to, like, move around and be agile and, like, have fast reactions, then that's fine. I think that's probably most important. It's just being comfortable with yourself and understanding how uh, how great you can become in your with your body, yeah. Now we talked about his school schedule, 
but his pre-game, post-game, and in-game schedule, or I would like to say routine, is also very complex. I think mainly also before like our team events and things like that, we do look at our opponents. And also during my individual matches too, I do. It's probably like the earlier night or so. I'll watch a couple of matches, either if I've played them specifically in the past, maybe I'll try to find those, because those will be able to relate to me more. Um, but if I can't, then I'd look at players, given because I'm also, I'm left-handed. So, for example, like for me, I try to look for them, my opponents playing against other specific left-handers to see how they adjust to left-handers, how lefties play against them and things like that. So, and maybe kind of jot down a couple like mental notes in a, in a, in a sense. And then after that, and then I'm prepared to go into it the next day. Throughout competition, I end up starting in the morning normally during competitions. So I don't, like I think food-wise, I don't eat too much during breakfast. I don't want to feel like too stuffed or if I get too anxious or anything, then it might affect me physically. Um, so I kind of go lighter and like at breakfast. And then I normally come go to the hall and then warm up, stretch and everything. And then normally I practice for about 45 minutes or so to an hour before my match um, just to get warmed up and make sure I feel great and everything that I want to do on the table is working well. Um, I do listen, try to listen to some music also, maybe like five, 10 minutes before the match, just keep my AirPods in and just like kind of get away from all the noise and just stay focused on what's ahead of me. Um, and I think that's definitely helped me and I've kind of kept that routine. I think small things have changed throughout that um like technically throughout that uh throughout throughout the years but um i think the overall thing of just the way i practice and then what i do like maybe as it gets closer to the match and then that's that's how i ke i've kept it through over the past at least five six years now um and then post game i don't really do much i try to make sure i get some food in right after given just in case whether i have another match coming up soon or whether I'm just taking a break. Um, and then that's it. I just kind of try to get as much rest as I can throughout my matches. It depends also. I think if it's if I know I have more events also coming up throughout the week or if I have more matches in that day right, and I've still I've lost a match earlier in the day, I try to forget about it as soon as much as I can and just get it past me and focused on what's upcoming, what's ahead of me. Right. And then once competition's over, then I can look back and see if my results, you know, where I won, where I lost and the kind of look back and analyze any videos that I've recorded of myself playing and things like that. So I think I kind of during the competition, I just kind of focus on what's ahead of me. And then once competition is over, then I kind of look back and see what I could do to be better. However, even though these athletes are extremely disciplined and dedicated, they are not always perfect. Performing at such a high level, especially with so much stress, thousands of people watching you when you play and when you're at match point, the tension is crazy. It would not be surprising that these Olympians would actually be suffering a lot of mental health issues. And in the next part, I'm going to be talking about what Nikhil faced or faces currently when he plays table tennis at such a high level. I have to say, I think when I was younger, I didn't have so much difficulty with like, I guess, mentally like dealing with tournaments. And I was more just like enjoying the competition and playing my best that I could. Um, I think it got really hard was the 2020 Olympic trials. So that competition was probably the hardest like mentally for me. I think physically, I think I was fine. I was playing great. I was in great shape and everything. 
But I think mentally it was difficult given that I was around the age or like, so one other thing to mention is that like for table tennis is not so popular that after 18, we continue playing. A lot of us end up stopping and go to college and then slow down. And it's not like our priority for us anymore. So I think it, in 2020, when it was around probably my, I felt for me personally, it was probably my, maybe my only chance um, to go to the Olympics. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. I don't feel, my parents did support me, but I don't feel anyone else really put, like pressurized me to be able to like have to qualify. But I think just internally for me, I think I really wanted it. Um, and I think that became mentally hard on me because um, our Olympic trials, we had a specific format that was going to select the, the three players for the team. We had the Olympic trials, so basically it ended up being 16 players. Well, anyone could have signed up, but then there would be 16 players that would make it to the main draw. Um, eight of us were already seated into the main draw and then eight people would come in from the qualifications. And then we played in two groups of eight. And uh, the top four from each of those groups would advance and play another group, will form a new group. And then the people that they've already played in the previous group, would, they wouldn't have to play them again. So they just had to play the new four people that advanced on the other side. Um, and then based on that, based on all the results, whoever got first and second in that would make the team. Um, and then there was one player, of course, he automatically qualified through his world rankings and stuff. So he didn't have to play the world, the, the Olympic trials at all. So he was the first position and then I was the second and someone else was the third. Um, and that determined the top two players on the team itself would have to play, uh, would get to play the singles event, the individual event. And the third player would join in just for the team event. So yeah, that's how our Olympic trials would. And then based on all the results on that, then we were already selected then. And for me and other players knew also, like the way I played in 2019, like internationally and domestically, the third spot was pretty much guaranteed for me. And I was very likely to be selected for that spot. But things did not go that smoothly. Nikhil Kumar would later find out that the Olympic trials were being organized in a different way. And this time, Nikhil Kumar knew he would have to fight for his place on the Olympic team. Now that he knew he had a fight, he became extremely stressed. A couple, I think. I remember in 2018, I had gone through like a stint of a couple months where I wasn't playing so great. I wasn't winning too many matches or anything. And it was difficult and I was kind of almost questioning like if I should keep playing, if I should continue playing and things like that. Um, I kind of just told myself just to kind of push through it. And then I ended up having a really great tournament later on in that year. And then that, I think, really helped me want to keep continuing and want to continue pursuing this. Um, also, as I spoke about the Olympic trials, too, I think that was something emotionally pretty difficult for me. And I think qualifying for that was also relieving, relieving a lot of pressure off of me and um, kind of just focusing on towards the next goals of actually playing well in the Olympic Games and upcoming tournaments after that, too. So I think moments like that, I think just pushing through it really helped me understand like what I need to do and it really helped out. What I really enjoyed listening from Nikhil Kumar's experience is not his dedication, not his discipline, or not his ways of going through mental struggles, but it's the fact that he can talk about table tennis so passionately and so openly. I can say for sure that table tennis was incredibly influential to Nikhil Kumar's life. Um, it's taught me a lot actually. I think it's been a major part of my life. Um, I think the main, I think it's kind of more about responsibility and um, 
just a- accountability. Those are probably the main two things. Holding myself accountable for what I want to do and kind of, and also, yeah, just accountability. Just like holding myself accountable to what I want to accomplish and how I want that. If I like, if I need to work towards that, what do I need to do? What are the steps needed to be able to get to what I want? Right. And then responsibility. I think just throughout the years of just kind of traveling and then also traveling on my own alone sometimes by myself even at a younger age too i think it just helped me understand like being responsible of my things and kind of just understanding the real world in a sense and it definitely helped me a lot i think also going like into college like just moving away and things like that so it's definitely helped me in those sense too definitely when throughout high school is definitely a way for me to kind of get my mind away from things especially when things were hard whether it was at school specifically or something outside or within family or whatever i think table tennis is just kind of for me a way an escape in a sense sometimes and it really helped me just kind of free my mind and just play and enjoy something that i loved so i think it definitely helped me in that sense now as we are nearing the end of this video i would like to say something that i pulled out from my interview with nikhil kumar and this was that winning is not everything. Yeah, so I mean, I think for me, the thing that was probably question, making me question it a lot was kind of the results. I think it was like the losing or not or not winning even at all. Really, it was. I think that was really the issue for me. Um, but then I kind of didn't think about it so much anymore. I think I kind of just focused, as I said, like just the preparation. And I know that if I'm prepared as well as I can be, I have nothing to worry about then in that sense. And I got, and then I just had to focus on just playing my game and then whatever happens, happens. If I win, as long as I play well, then if I win or lose, it doesn't matter then. Um, and I think that really helped me throughout that year. Yeah, so I think definitely one of the things is just kind of just taking deep breaths, you know, throughout the competition, like while playing. That definitely helped me a lot. I learned little bit about that too when talking to a sports psychologist about like breathing exercises and things like that just like slow you down throughout the tournament so you don't get all anxious or start panicking at all throughout the tournament and that definitely helped me a lot in keeping my composure um i think also not overtraining sometimes or going like overkill sometimes because that can also sometimes not be too great for you so i think it's more about if you understand your body and know the limits and not to push too far past the limits sometimes especially as you get closer to tournaments so like you're safer with your body and then you're most prepared and then you're prepared mentally too then then i think everything will be all right i don't know i think i've i've had a lot of different advice throughout the years um but i think the most important thing that i got from them and also that i always pass on to younger players also is just to enjoy playing i think a lot of people get stuck in the whole mindset of winning losing have to play well have to do this you know but it's important to also enjoy the whole thing the journey throughout it you know and i think that's what makes it that's what makes you want to keep playing also i feel that those who put so much pressure on having to on making it more like you have to do this or i must win and things like that it makes you not want to play the sport necessarily so much if the results don't go your way sometimes you know so i think it's more about just enjoying the game yeah, and I think that piece of advice cannot be stressed more. I think it's... And Nikhil is a really kind guy. If he would see someone struggling, he would do this. I I think for me, pretty much, I'd kind of just sit down and 
kind of just be more open to listening to what they have to say kind of help them out open up about any issues they have and then regardless if it's mental mentally having some issues then we find ways to fix that depending on how it is if it's physically then maybe taking a break or taking a rest from it but i think it's just more about communicating well with them and letting and being my guess more open to like listening and i think that definitely helps because i mean i know i had people that helped me in that way when i was going through harder times you know that listened and opened up and let me open up to them and i think the same way i think would help anybody else too like many others i always wanted to know how olympians do it how they are able to balance school life social work and perfecting their craft and doing well at all of them but in this interview i was able to have all of my questions answered and it was fabulous and i really enjoyed interviewing nikhil kumar and i hoped everybody who is watching this video is able to get something from this if you enjoyed this episode make sure you tune into our channel uh, subscribe like and share and i'll see you in the next video goodbye